0: Big In the immortal words of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Ah, nothing is too late till the tired heart shall cease to palpitate, and so it is that we bring you our first episode of the Big Footy Blues podcast for 2018. I'm ODN, and joining me is board educator, analyst, antagonist, and protagonist both. Welcome back, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, Jesus, these titles are getting even worse. Hi, guys. <laughs> you didn't know if you were, you didn't know you were both of those.
1: Oh no, I I I generally see myself as somebody who just manages to push the extremes. I guess that's all.
0: <laughs> She's as passionate as they come, with a touch and a servic tongue. Please welcome for the first time niece.
2: Hey, big footy family.
0: not be on me. <laughs> Awesome to have you both on board this season uh, and, and no doubt throughout this rest of the year we'll uh, get some of our old favourites back here and there and uh, we'll uh, change it up a bit but uh, I'm really pleased with who we've got today. Um, no real structure guys since we're uh, we're very late in the season, we're five rounds into the season, we haven't done a podcast since uh, the draft. We're almost
2: as quick as the membership card. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, We're 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 moonlighting in the Carlton membership department. No, no doubt about that. Um, so, basically, we're just going to have a chat about uh, where the team is. Uh, obviously, we're zero and five. Um, haven't won a game yet. We did have a f- reasonable draw coming into the early part of the season, and um, we've had a few injuries and, and so forth. But uh, how do you guys? Feel about the zero five start? Are you disappointed? Was it expected? Um, um, are there reasons for it?
1: I'm furious. I'm fuming. I'm so disappointed. No, um, it's it's some of it's to be expected, and certainly I wasn't expecting it to be five zero as opposed to zero five. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can really do with all these injuries that we've had. Um, there's a few um, names that could have been shuffled around to make us more competitive in terms of midfield minutes, and that's been done now with carriage and you've seen and you could see last week um, the difference that that made, both in terms of the ability to um, to run both ways, but also just uh, allowed them to feel more comfortable moving towards a, a more defensive mindset, um, and, and in terms of, uh, and while still having some attacking outlets. But yeah, overall. Not really much uh, different to um, to what I was expecting once the injury list started rolling in.
2: I'm I'm not too disappointed or surprised. We were right in that Richmond game until we lost both the MKs. So I was really quite positive after that match. The North match, I think, was a really a reality check, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have those kind of matches early in the season with the young group. We all saw how they came out last week. We saw some unity. We brought in better replacements to meet the needs. So for me, I'm more looking at the season as a whole. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do against the Dogs Friday night
0: it It's still uh cliche, and bolts knows all about cliches mm-hmm. apparently but um uh it's still about the green shoots, isn't it so uh, yeah, and uh the injuries we've had obviously uh Mark Murphy's out for a month, March bank seems to always get injured um Tom Williamson hasn't got a start this year, and um uh, with the back injury and it's uh, it's ongoing we're not expected to see him back in the next month um we obviously had Sam Rowe come back from uh, injury recently, and um, Alex Silvani is just about due to resume. Same with uh, Darcy Lang, so our recruit from uh, from Geelong. We'd be looking for a bit of uh, injection and maybe a bit of forward, forward now from him, and uh, we haven't had that yet either. So, um, and uh, um, well, Jared Pickett, obviously, a three month injury and, um, and missing that's, one.
2: That's a real loss considering his last. Few games last season.
0: Yeah, he looked to really take it on last year and um, and chase something. So um,
2: it, it's just it looked, a pity. He looked fit and ready to go the next step. So a bit yeah. disappointing for him. And well, well I
0: look, I think having these injuries now, as as much as we wanted to see us head up the ladder in the right direction um, you 'd rather have them now than next year when we're expected to when the, when the when the, our players have reached that sort of um, a lot of the younger ones are sort of getting to the fifty game stage and we 're getting a few up there towards the hundred games and things like that that 's when you uh want your players to have a fairly fit list because that 's when you should start pulling out wins unexpected wins and so forth so um that- yeah it, it, the the disappointment for me is uh i guess the the reaction to our start and the way we've been perceived in the media and the way uh, bolts has come under pressure pressure's fine but i i still think it's a bit premature so um but are there any positives though? Which which players have really stepped up this year in your mind? Just
2: quickly on the media, it's their job to sell papers. It suits them that we're down. We have a few people on our side, like Dermie, who can see a bigger picture. So I don't I don't really listen to a lot of the media crap. I'm really not interested.
0: I understand the reaction. I don't really mind our supporters that do get a little bit upset, as long as they take stock of it, have a deep breath and uh, have a think about why it is that uh, we're performing as we are.
2: Absolutely. We need to vent. We're all passionate about this club. I I don't think it's really helpful to go over the same things and be so vitriolic and um, drag out certain players. Yeah, we're, we're having a bad year, but you need to also temper it with the positives. Crips last week, Dow had a brilliant game. Rowe coming straight back in and absolutely keeping Kennedy to one goal. That was that was That's important. Pretty damn great. I mean yeah, it... that that guy has balls the size of an elephant.
0: <laughs> after his, was, uh, after his maybe just after the one now. Cancer... Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking that. <laughs> 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 I mean,
2: I mean we, we have to while we're down, still celebrate the positives. I think I really do believe that.
0: I wanted to bring up a point with Jimmy. I don't know if been, whether we're going to have a uh, uh, disagreement here. Jim, mm-hmm. Jim, Jim wasn't a um, he, he wasn't a big fan of uh, of drafting Zach Fisher.
1: <laughs> I knew This is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just brought up my yeah, no. um, just brought up my team board to jog my memory um, a little bit of a, of both playing lists just to have a look and I And the first the first name that stood out immediately to me when you started talking about um, who's who's improved um, is Zach Fisher's name just sort of jumped out at me amongst all the other on the
0: magnets there. So yeah, yeah no. I no, I noticed you're still you're still making points like he's not that quick. You know, a lot of other people are quicker and da 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 yeah. da. da. You still so you still got a little bit of a. Maybe I'll be right, <laughs> my No, it's, be it, right. it's not like that. It's really not like that.
1: It's just um, uh, the with you know the media in general and um and people on the internet, they're, they're, a lot of people are prone to to quick um to, to heavy exaggerations, both in the positive and the negative. Uh, yep. And um, I only tend to get called out when I'm uh, when I pull back the exaggerations that are in the positive. <laughs> um, so Zach, <laughs> Zach Fisher, Zach Fisher has got great skills. Um, he's got he's got good tricks he can move around players um but it's it's pretty harsh on most of the the quicker players in the league to say that he has elite speed he's got a quick uh, first few steps yep. um and that's that's good that's a really good thing to have to when you're in sort of in on a 1v1 um but yep. that being said he's you know 5 foot 8 and weighs yep. about um 72 kilos ringing wet so um he's not and you saw what happened when he was really put inside the bubble at some of the stoppages in the last few weeks. Um, his con- his contested numbers are okay, but um, if he can't work onto his his left, um, then they'll easily corral him inside the stoppage like that. His uh, his disposal efficiency just goes through the floor. I think it's been like about thirty or forty percent on average the last few weeks.
0: Is it fair to say that he's um, exceeded expectations yes. from his junior? days? Um, um, yes and no. He was, more up, he, yeah. he, was, he, he was more up forward and probably not getting... Uh, the fact that he's moved into the midfield, I didn't see too much of that when he was uh, in, in the juniors, but um, um, he's impressed up forward. Um, he's, he's got a particularly... Uh, Particularly good at handballing um, forward of the contest uh, to an attacking yeah. position, so he's got some really good vision in there. But um, you know, I, I take I take your point. I think, but I think all of them are prone to um, uh, the efficiency dropping down as soon as they head inside into traffic. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, our skills have been deplorable this year by and large. Yeah.
2: His tackle has improved, though. Right?
0: Oh,
1: yep, yep, yeah, it has. Um, his strength, gets... and, his strength and endurance uh-huh. have improved for sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's um and, and it, as is his speed as a result because he's just fitter, um and that's improving more than I thought it would. I, I had concerns, but some of that was um due to application and the other part was genetics. Um, and I wasn't sure how much he had of uh, of Army's uh bloodline versus um some others, but um <laughs> <clears throat> he's just yeah. It, it, I I still have con- I still do have concerns about how we use him inside the contest. I think he's not really useful there. I think he's better um. But he's a, he can he can be about there and sort of z, and zip a little bit in, but he's got to get out pretty quick, or he's just as soon as he gets contact, he's just gonna it's gonna make him so much less efficient and so much less capable as a player. And when we can just as easily have, you know, somebody who's probably more that 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 correct blend of height and athleticism and strength
0: inside yep, the bubble working break. with Crips.
2: Yeah, and we don't want him to get hurt because there's not much to him.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um anybody else that's really stepped up for you this year? I mean, I like you, you can look at names like Charlie Kuno. He's stepped I think he has stepped up yep. um from last year, but he was always he's, he's just on the he's on the trajectory that we expected. It's not unexpected where he is, where he's at. Um except for round 1 where he uh you know uh kicked a bag and um and look look pretty awesome but um he's he's just carrying on from where he left off really um, yeah. he's gonna he's a gun and and um that uh yeah, penetration on his kicks he seems to spot out targets out the back and uh get it to them effortlessly so um yeah so all over the ground he seems to uh, have a bit of a bit of nouse and strength to get the ball free
1: <clears throat> yeah no he's he's definitely um he and Fisher uh, and I suppose uh, the other bloke that I would have brought up in that in that sort of context as well um, in terms of improvement, uh, Lockie O'Brien, they all hit a uh, beautiful flat um, pass that can you know, because yep. that's what you need at this level now um you can have the, you can have these glorious old school long kicks, but they've got to be able to travel fast enough to be able to beat the zone because if they get if they're hanging up in the air for an extra three or four seconds, but they hit the target that doesn't matter because you know you're going to have two people three people closing in on the contest and and just you know bring it to ground or getting an intercept mark so it's yep. great to, it's great to see players like
0: that coming into the team
2: and um a brilliant match last week
0: oh uh, he's he's an he's an interesting one isn't he i mean he he uh, he, very, he, he, str- he was he was struggling he was struggling we we th- he th- he looked good in the uh uh, what is it AFLX or whatever it was but uh you know on in a real football game he's really been struggling, and people were calling him to be dropped because basically thinking he needs to go back and get a lot of possessions in the twos to maybe for his own confidence because he did look rattled uh out there and um he did have a much better game he uh he was he worked a lot inside on, on last last week and um And, um, you know, he was racking up the the clearances and so forth. I don't think he dominated by any stretch. I think the stats look good. Um, I don't think he dominated. But he looked so much better and so much more poised than he had um, in the previous weeks. And and, and out of that, a lot of people have come out and said, oh, you know, told you so, you know, the people that sort of ride off these young kids too early. I don't necessarily, uh, I I guess this is the the moderator in me, I don't mind the negative constructive criticism um, and I don't mind people thinking that maybe Dow... Da- I, I thought Dow was probably due for a rest too. Coming out and having that good game doesn't make a lie of the, of the form that he was in previously. He's just fortunate that he actually had a good game that's going to keep him in next week. Um, and Because um, he did look... Until, he's shown that, until he had shown that capability... Um, you, you've got nothing to judge them on except the poor form, b- b- before that, and the struggling before that.
2: I thought our ins against West Coast were much more measured and well thought out than has been in the past weeks. And the other side of that is, I'm really pleased that the match committee rested both Matthew, Matthews, Kennedy, and Cruiser. I, I really hope that we're going to continue managing the injuries better because. Not sure we've done that so
0: well in the past. How do you find Kennedy's form so far?
2: We know that he's had his shoulders done and we know he came in with a bad ankle. So yeah. for me, I'd like to see him out until we know he can do all the running and the support that he needs to. Mm. Yeah.
0: Jimmy, Jimmy you were gonna Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um in terms of um in terms of how he's performed, it's probably around about where I expected him to be um even, even with the injury concerns that he's had, he wasn't a particularly uh, standout player for DWS, um, despite there being a massive need and they still do have a massive need to develop inside midfielders. And they've mm-hmm. they've moved on from him, um, and they've brought in uh, they're trying to develop Hopper now and they're also uh they've got um what is it, uh, Bonner and um for, with pick eleven wasn't it? And then also uh Shipley their um Academy graduate uh, who all look like players of the future in terms of um, creating a a stronger
0: contested game. Kennedy's, he's he's no frills. Hmm. Uh, And I think a lot of what he does is probably stuff that goes unnoticed. Yeah. Maybe he'll become a time a uh, – I mean, he is a big body, but uh, gee, uh, I seem to recall Brett Ratton being very underrated and no frills. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't until he got into the second half of his career where people really stood up and went, this guy's a gun, you know, um, yeah. and um, winning best and Ferris and stuff like that. So I think I think every team needs those sort of players. Um, Don't yes. forget he's only 21. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And he's and he's, he's and he's and he's got
2: he's, plenty of time ahead of him.
0: We're yeah.
2: frustrated now because we've lost Matthew, and we really need him. So he's yeah. he's still going to be there for another ten years working with Crip. Oh, look, he's, that, to, that to me is really exciting. He, he,
0: he's he's a beast, and you know, and, and though, though he, he he lacks pace, as does Crip um, I think. You know, we can carry a couple of players like that if we get the, because uh, the likes of um, Paddy Dow will go will be inside as yes. as he as he develops more, and he's got these, he's got pretty decent sized thighs already for a kid, even though he seems slight everywhere else. Um,
2: Paddy
0: Dow, yeah, Paddy Dow. Um, you but, saw
2: uh, you saw how um, Rioli bounced off him in the
0: West Coast. Yeah.
2: he's yeah, strong yeah. and he looks.
0: Strong, a stronger core, perhaps, yeah, but so, but he, though he's inside as well, he's got a burst of, burst of pace from the stoppages. That's what he was recruited for. That's what he was known for um, as, as a junior footballer. So um, he's a different type to them. So if you get him and, and if you can get um, Petrescu-Seaton in that area because he'll be a little bit inside out. Um, um, so those guys can work well in traffic, but they're different types, so I think we can carry, that's a pretty good nucleus of a, of a contested game for our midfielders. Um, but although uh, Petrescu-Seaton has uh, probably not come on so far this year as expected, but he had an interrupted preseason season again, didn't he?
2: He's done so, no pre-seasons.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, for me, he gets another month to get his fitness back before I start seriously judging him.
0: I, I'm... I'm not going to really judge any of the kids until um, until they have the right support around them. Absolutely. Um, you know, at the moment we're expecting a lot of uh, Crips, Kuno, um, um fish are the ones that's standing up at the moment. They're, they're the ones that are actually helping to keep us in games and doing more than you'd expected at this age. So, um, you know, I'm prepared to give them a little bit more time. Um Jacob Weedering is probably the worry in everybody's mind. Uh I shouldn't say that, not in everybody's mind. He's the one that's been the most the most down. He's the one that's um uh, sort of gone off the ball. Seems to be some issues there. Um yeah. He
2: doesn't look happy. He's he's lost his um fire and his passion to confidence. me. Yes, absolutely. We saw him in the first match he ever played, given revolt shit. I want that guy back.
0: Yeah, that's true. He <laughs> yeah, really does.
2: Ever match Brent. I I don't know what the solution is with him. He's clearly not fully fit. And we know that Bolton said a number of times he wants him to be more resilient when he's carrying an injury. Hmm. I I don't know if he needs a psychologist where, where do, perhaps.
1: Where do we play him?
2: He's.
1: Oh, you got to play him in defence. He's,
2: he's got to stay on field. But he's, but in whose who's,
0: who's place, Jimmy?
2: Um, O'Shea in the current
0: lineup. O'Shea, yeah, exactly. But Marchbank's coming back.
1: Yep,
3: well, that, that's a that's I, I a different. Think
2: we're gonna see Marchbank back for a month. So, to me, take out O'Shea, give Wiedering some freedom, back him in. Let's have him get his confidence and enjoyment back
0: he's lost it see I am because of the way our defense has been under siege this year. I'm sort of more in the camp. I wanted to see Rowe come back in because yes. uh Jones was our big body down there, yes. and he's not he doesn't play as a as a big body he's uh he He plays as somebody who needs a bit of a a little bit of space to work in um, probably more of a taller. March bank type, and then he'll get to them, he'll get in kill off contests as third man up, or whatnot. not it's not as good one on one. Um, so uh, I, it's a tough call because Jones looked really good last week,
2: so then, uh, but how much of that is Sam Rowe coming in and how calm he is? And
0: but oh, it's, he, it's the experience, and you need
2: to them all. I mean, that definitely to me had an effect on how Jones played.
1: True to form, I'm going to be in a bit of an outlier here, and I'm going to talk more about um, the impact that the the different the slightly more defensive look of the team had on both Rowe and Jones having success. And I think that that's something that Jacobs not had access to. Um, yes. I think they were trying to be very attacking, and they were relying on increased fitness through the midfield, through the through the youngsters, and through a few other players that have been brought in yep. to yep. be able to run both ways. And they they failed miserably at that. Um, yep. And they've not anticipated the way other teams are playing, in terms of having an extra numbers, um, in terms of runners, both sort of in that Richmond style, and the way that impacts their ability to be able to counteract what the opposition's doing um, when they have the football. So I yep. think um, I think Jacob, in that setting, um, would have a much better time. So I think he would have slotted into the to the West Coast lineup just fine, and uh, and have yeah, been more be more impactful for sure. You, you want him as a, as a third tall. Not even. Yes. Um, Not a- he, like that, that's where he'll obviously have the most possession numbers and, and be more attacking. But I think yep. that he would have been in the role that Roe had or more actually Jones being in the role that Roe had and him being in the role that Jones had. I think he would have been successful last week if he was fit. So yes, I think I, like I think it. you bring him back in and you back him because we'll um, work it out in terms of... I don't think Roe's going to be there long term. I don't think Roe's going to be there for... More than a few weeks right now until he until there's another injury, um, um, and touch what there isn't. Um, Don't yeah. say that. <laughs> while I reckon, yeah, while I recognise, yeah, his experience and, com- and, and composure, given that he's got probably what five years at AFL level now, playing around that uh, that key defensive role. I think he had a favourable matchup on the weekend, and I think that um, that going forward that he's not going to have as many match favourable matchups and I think that um,
0: wedding will step in and. And you, really think can, a you, job think, you think time. you think Josh Kennedy's a favourable matchup? Yeah, yeah, he's just he's, yeah. Like he's
2: Hello, welcome back to your first AFL match. Have Josh Kennedy, <laughs> who's going for a kicking record?
1: Yeah. Well, Rose, Rose, <laughs> no, Rose's not a particularly slow player, despite um the um, yeah, he, he's he's quite quick in a straight line. Um, and he's had a knee injury, yes, um, but he's also lost weight over that over that process, I think overall. And I think he's while his legs probably weren't great for turning and twisting. Um, he plays into the the same type of um, type of uh, I guess game style as what Josh Kennedy does. Josh Kennedy isn't going to beat you with um, with twists and turns like a buddy might. He's just or or repeat leads necessarily. He's going to he's going to push really hard on the burst, and that's where Sam Rowe can sort of play a little bit of catch up and then get to the contest and and make that spoil. And that's that that's what he does well. He, he if it's, yeah. if the game's played in a fairly straight line, Sam Rowe's in and amongst it.
2: Did you see his interview after the West Coast match that he said he felt it was like his debut match again and he knew that was going to be his job? That attitude is just brilliant for such a young group of players. To see that and have that around you.
0: Hmm. Look, I think yeah roe's not going to be there long term but he's still in good enough form to stay in there for a little while i think either roe or um alex silvani needs to be in that side alex silvani's due back soon um and we know he in the few games that he played last year before injury he was um he was brilliant uh maybe he's going to be back for buddy franklin cuz he seems to do very well there yeah. but um um I, that makes me think, well we do have the luxury of having experienced defenders uh, in the side who um, are very disciplined in their role um, you know, that's that's we've generally got, uh, I think we've got Jones Rowe and Alex Silvani battling for one possibly two positions um, and if, if if two of them are in that does leave Weedering Marchbank as a third tall, but the elephant in the room is uh Lockie Plowman I'm a massive fan of plow. Mm. Yes. I never want to say anything bad about him uh, oh,
2: he had I, a I, dirty day hes
0: he is he is struggling a little bit this year he's not looking as good and maybe he's the same as weed is and they don't have that they didn't have that experienced gorilla sort of fallback around them and uh he gets asked to he he gets asked to clean up a lot of that are left over so you'll you know play tall small he's um he doesn't have too many perfect matchups for him so he's got to be fairly versatile i would like to see him move up the ground a bit more to see how he goes now and again but he doesn't have the toe and and um as such so it, it. with, when you've got the likes of Cripper uh, and Kennedy and uh, generally a midfield that's not moving that fast anyway, Plough's probably going to hurt us in there um, because he, he's not overly quick. So I don't know what to do. Somebody's got to give. These guys are all are, are all um, fit. You know, Marchbank, Weeters, Ploughman, Jones, Rowe, ASOS, they, they can't all be in the same side. Mm. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's half a dozen that are 190 plus, 190 centimetres plus. You're going to have to have your smaller defenders you know and uh, obviously with no um, Dockety back there Simo's going to spend a fair bit of time back, back there and we're going to trial um, well, we're going to trial somebody else uh, at least a mid defender. We like to, Ideally I like to see three small to medium defenders back there and three talls but we have this overabundance of uh, of talls who not quite fast enough, um, not necessarily great one-on-one. ASOS and Rowe are the good one-on-one players. We've got a whole lot of like to come over the top and take intercept marks, but um, oh, I just don't know how it's going to play out. And I think we want to play them all, and I think that leaves us very unbalanced.
2: We've lost a lot of the structure and the genuine setting up a play down there with Doherty. He's he's such a huge loss down there with doing that work. And um we're putting we're having Simo running more out of there, which means we need someone else doing the directing down there. Um Lau had a dirty day. That jumper that jumper ball was just not necessary. We've had a heap of players around the fall of the ball and he made a few other mistakes. So hopefully he'll be clarity on himself, and I doubt we'll see him have a stinker like that again this week.
0: Yeah, he, for a player that was pretty good last year, uh, he, he tends to have a lot of detractors. play. Oh, I don't know why. Maybe because again, he's a no-frills kind of player, no-frills yeah. kind of defender. But I found him, I found him quite reliable, and uh, and um, um, you know, clearly a best part of a part of our best twenty-two. But as our best twenty-two gets stronger, as people start coming back from injuries. Uh, you've got to find another gear. You've got to develop as well. Yep. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting. And
2: where where would you and Jim put him then if we don't think that's the best position for him with other strong? I
0: I think back. it is. I think it is his best position. I think I know, but I, and I think he needs certain players around him. Uh, Plow and Doc, we we're. we're, we're a really good combination last year. Absolutely. Um they they seem to work really well together and back each other, support each other and know what each other's thinking. And I think he's I think he's missed Doherty more than anybody. Um, yeah. um and you know, so I, I I think that's still his best position, but just having the right support around him. It's interesting that um, Jones was able to have a better game because of Rose's presence, but uh, mm. it didn't necessarily help Plow. And again, it might be matchups. But um, I can't even remember who he was on in the end. I think he might have been taking because they did have. Uh, he might have been had Darling a bit, did he? Uh, sure. it's,
1: I think at times, yeah. But there was O'Shea as well. Um, and then, yeah. And then the other there are other mediums and smalls were along the lines of what. Um... You've got uh, Lacra, and then you've also got uh, Rioli. So, yeah, um, and Rioli and, and we put on some amazing um, numbers in terms of kilometres covered. I think at one point, um, while the game was still going, he'd, he'd already covered about ten and a half. So he was he was actually in the top five on the ground for me for not not at top speed, mind you, but it, the fact that he was tracking that much with his he doesn't look like somebody who's you know, necessarily of supreme fitness so it was really impressive to see that he actually did do that from an opposition perspective I guess um, yeah I was really shocked by that to be honest because in the preseason season and the AFL X in, in particular he, he really really didn't look like he could play more than about a quarter and a half of AFL football before having to pull the pin on his day
0: uh, And I, this is where I think because of the, because of the structure of our defence at the moment because we have lost you know as I said, you know the doc Williamson burn types we don 't have any small defenders, and mullot has to had to come in um, i I think mullet's held up reasonably well i think he's yeah. he's exceeded he's exceeded my expectations he 's still copying it every week because the funny thing is every time we get done, the first names. That are, that are listed by fan by supporters are the most expendable ones. We can't carry these, you know. So you're blaming your 21st and 22nd players and thinking getting rid of them is going to solve the problem. But you've got to, you know, you've got to be able to break down a match a bit more than that.
2: I think Muller's been solid. He's been doing the job we've brought him in for. We probably weren't expecting to have him in this soon in the season. And I've got a sneaking suspicion people are getting him confused with O'Shea. With
1: He's the arm tattoos, in.
0: yeah, the shitty, it's a yeah. shitty tat, yeah. They get the
2: my Let's level up from O'Shea, and I've got a suspicion people are getting the two fused but I, they I do, think they look quite similar.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. I actually uh, kept on seeing twenty-four stuff up on the weekend, and I had to keep checking them to see what what number. Mullet was because he got called by the commentators as Mullet a couple yes. of times, I think. Yeah. And um yeah, and I thought yeah, he's not twenty on that O'Shea? I had to I had to I had to double check myself. So yeah, he might he might be a bit, <laughs> uh,
2: to with the O'Shea brush.
0: Oh, he's gonna have to wear dread dreadlocks or something.
2: <laughs> I
0: was I was pretty much
1: able I well, I was confused at first glance. I was pretty much able to tell the difference as soon as they kicked the ball. Um, I can tell you that. <laughs> But for for a guy who's got such a raking left foot and a good good action, um, Mullet doesn't really break the game open with his passing. Yeah, especially going to the forward fifty, he doesn't do he he doesn't even back himself to make a pass into the forward fifty. He normally just goes for goal. And maybe he's got some instructions on that, um, and he's been mm-hmm. instructed to to have a have a ping. But there have been times where there's been a, a pretty straightforward pass, and I think he doesn't back himself to be able to do a, a really a flat short pass. Like he can do a flat yeah. long pass, but. There a different technique to to getting a little chip kick.
2: I think some of our kicking from players I would expect better kicking has been quite down this year.
1: Yeah, there's definitely been more tired kicks in midfield for sure. But for for mullet, who's who would have times where he would have been playing quite conservatively off off of the defensive line, um, to see him be the one that receives the ball behind, like as far back as you can in the in, in, on the field, and then kick it sideways um, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he should be able to skip one link in the chain on the switch and open things up that way but he should be able to do that with his kicking and yet he's not backing himself in to do that or he's, or he just doesn't have that skill he's not developed it to the to the extent that it might look like on a, on a highlights clip or, or as you're casually watching an opposition team play for mm-hmm. whereas I've, I've not seen it for him for Carlton at all I'm just not impressed with this despite the fact that he's a clean kick I'm just not impressed with it
0: yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do feel. I do see some decisions from various players during the game where I go, "That's that's instruction. That's that's very clinical, and uh, you know that's been drilled drilled into them somewhat." There's a little bit of flair missing, and I understand that's you know we are playing a bit more defensively. But yeah, I, I do see that from time to time. And I guess being a being delisted would have thrown Muller through through a loop, and I think he's probably been. Maybe a little bit more conservative'
2: confidence
0: down a bit, yeah, yeah, you, you know you're the last man in the side kind of thing he you knows that yeah. so but oh he he should have been able to see that coming at North Melbourne,
1: plenty of running players um sitting yeah. there that um that that would honestly be better than him in eighteen months, so it, yeah, it was it's very a very straightforward quarter for in terms of the North Melbourne list management, so he, I'm sure his agent wouldn't have been. Um, keeping an eye on that and, and letting him, keeping him realistic about his chances of re-signing. But yeah, sorry, sorry to bring it back to what I was saying earlier both about um, Plowman and Mullet, I think they're, uh, they're probably two who benefit a little bit in terms of our attacking phases with the slower tempo and you saw Plowman even get up the ground a bit more when the, when, when the game style is slower, which it can be at times now that we're back to that slightly more defensive look which we needed to be. Um, yeah. You can see Plowman's now getting out the field. In fact, I think he had a, a goal assist or a scoring assist or a scoring involvement, pretty significant one later in the game, and when he got a yeah. chance to push up the ground. But yeah. based on the fact that he had some spells on the bench during the game, I'd say he's carrying something as well. So it's, it, it's a, so he had a, he had a a dirty day in terms of not only match ups but also um, but also his own physical prowess. But that being said, I think from now on, if he's fit to play. He should be looking a bit better if we slow the tempo down a little bit.
2: I have yeah. faith to bounce back. He's he's got too much quality to hold and he'll be filthy on himself with that jumper pull and the missed mark. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. He's got he's got eighteen months to work on cleaning up his kicking a little bit. And he's already made strides in that. Everything else about his game mm-hmm. is, you know, above and beyond mm-hmm. what you want for a th- for that third tall, or that medium type. Um, he yeah. might be a bit. Bit sort of much of a, a a bull a bullocking type rather than more of a running player and maybe you need to maybe you can slim down a little bit and try and get be able to cover more ground faster during the games but um, yeah overall I'm pretty happy with his um,
0: his performance so far yep.
2: yeah agree
0: um, do we have a problem or will we have a problem uh, fitting players in up forward. Soon. It'll be a nice problem to have. But um <laughs> Charlie Curno, uh Harry Mackay, Levi Casbold, who I think uh even though he's he's gonna be maligned forever and a day, I think he's uh he's holding his place quite well and um he looked good on the weekend. His work yep. rate's uh, really impressive. And his yeah, second it, ruck it work,
1: is. yeah, he's not—he's not going to win all the taps, but he's just—he's really, really trying to lift his game in around in amongst the stoppages, really working off yep. and trying to and sort of make the other ruckman work to 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 follow him
0: out of the stoppage. Yeah. I think those three look pretty he, he good. Was pretty good.
2: Immense in the match where he wrapped the whole match. That is mm. not his natural position. No. He played for a full game. I thought he did excellently. Mm. I. Yeah love to see us focus more on what players are doing well his kicking's improved we know how much he's worked on that his yep. contested marking's a bit down this year we need we still need him he's important to the whole forward structure while there's smaller younger inexperienced bodies and players are coming along
0: Do you you know what I'm most impressed with? The thing that used to frustrate me most about Levi and what I'm most impressed by uh, this year is his presence, his physical presence. He's actually got a big body, but he never really used it. He he hasn't been a really aggressive player, and I think he's just been a little bit more aggressive this year. Um, And I I think we need it. Um,
2: No, no Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it looks that it looks that way. Did not he get married recently? <laughs> well, he, <laughs> had
2: a kid. Oh. <laughs> had a kid. But he's just asleep.
0: He's just pissed off all the time now. <laughs> he had a kid. Oh, okay, he's I'll got a
2: just... son now. So perhaps
0: <laughs> he's just, he's just cranky. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got those three, and I think they look very good together for the big bodies down there. And 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 yes, Harry and Levi are the two big ones that. Suppose that even though Harry's got a lot of athleticism, you don't want to carry too many big guys. Charlie's can play can play tall, but he can also uh, he's got a huge tank and he can cover the ground. He's not he's not slow for a for a um, for a guy his size. So then we've got the the other, and this is again we're looking at we you look at those ones you look at Plowman down one end, the the, the Plowman Marchbank types, and think are they competing for the same spots? Jack Silvani. Um, how does he fit? How does he fit into this uh, forward line, or has he just got to be a utility going all over the ground?
2: I'm in the Soapy V camp. I see him as a defender. That match last year where he ran pretty well a whole across the whole goal face to make a tackle. I, I, I think um, we all know he's got talent. He's got a brain. That kick to Harry, I mean, yep. sublime. Yep, yep. I honestly do see him as a more natural defender, and I'll put in the word "natural."
0: He, he doesn't have closing speed, hmm. so I mean, the big thing. Oh, look, I, I love Jack. I want him to work out so badly. I love the romantic, the romantic aspect of this. Um,
2: that sauce wasn't that fast either.
0: Oh. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Sorry. He, he, he had closing speed though yeah. and he had those he had that long wingspan um to, to to get his to get his arm in there and um so a bit more so a bit more so than Jack and I think you yeah. have a he also played in an era in an era where the you weren't you didn't have your two hundred centimeter forwards that you were competing against. So um players have got taller. So um I think Soss might have been a centimetre or two, a couple centimetres taller than Jack too. But yeah. um and, but you know his opponents weren't that much bigger than him. Whereas Jack generally looks like a, a medium-sized player compared to the other the defenders that are on him and 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 whatnot. But um, yes, he's desperate, and I wanted to get him back in the side because at least he will he will die. He will blow up, and he will die for that jumper. And right? we need that, and, and, we and that's absolutely what need that, and should be real. Absolutely. But you were talking about how he sort of, you know, he will sprint his guts out to get to the, get to somebody and make a tackle. The thing you notice most though is that trademark Sylvani head wobbling <laughs> 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 ungainly gait as he as he sprints to get to get to tackle somebody that he never quite gets to mm. because he doesn't have the pace. So you see that a lot. Jack chasing is my everlasting vision of Jack Silvani in a game. Chase, Excellent. chasing, chasing, and not actually catching. In most, cases. in tight, he he throws his body around and he makes tackles and he puts pressure on and he causes turnovers and he's and he's pretty good in that way. Um, as soon as there's uh, there's any space there, Jack's not going to catch anybody. Yeah. Um, so so it worries me. I think he's got smarts. He doesn't yes. have the he doesn't have necessarily have the strength. He's got a bit of guile. He can work yes. people under the ball and I and I'm seeing that his dad's probably working with him there. Um because there's some very Silva, uh, uh, Stephen silvani trait like traits going on there. But I oh, he's, he's 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 at a fork in the road he, somehow. And he and
2: is, uh, um, he's quite vocal on the field setting up play as well. Um, and I think that's important as well.
0: I think we need to see him in a better side so that he stands out more, but we've got a few like that. So he's he's really going to have to work hard to keep his position.
1: Yeah, I think you guys have sort of almost um, unconsciously answered your own question in terms of his position just by talking about his attributes. And we've done a bit of this on the boards as well. And I know I think you guys might be familiar with what I've already suggested, and that's that he goes into playing an inside midfield role and that he becomes... Yeah. I, I've been looking for... I wanted more than Kennedy to come in to be that inside midfield player and I was thinking we might have to go back to the draft again but um, given the way that Jack's not really found that extra yard of pace that he needs to over the last 18 months um, it looks like that he, he might be that inside midfielder and given he, he, do, he makes extremely quick decisions and the correct decisions in tight... Yes um and yeah. he's and he's got a great side step so i don't see any reason why he can't develop into an inside midfielder and i think he doesn't have to put on much weight for that he's already a, he's already a pretty big body he's 193 i think and um and about 89 kilos 90 kilos so there's not Is much he? more to yeah there's not much more it's all in the core for him it's all in the core on the mm. lower legs he doesn't look doesn't have his big arms but neither did his dad his dad went around in a long sleeve jumper his whole career and so nobody really noticed that yeah. um
2: given but his the... shoulder injuries though um, how's he
1: going to go in the mid? I just think he's so big, he's not going to have to. He's not going to go low to the ground and put his shoulder in. Really, he's just going to. He's just going to hip him off. Um, they're, they're all going to hit him in the in the midriff and he's got the core strength to just shrug him off. You've probably seen. Uh, you might remember a game against North Melbourne last year where um, uh, Zebel tried to give him a, a, a yes. proper tackle, and Zebel Zebel's about as big as it gets in the midfield these days. Yep. and he couldn't bring him to ground. He he he.
0: Don't argued him out of it, basically,
2: and gave him shit for it. Yeah. He loved it. Are we,
0: Jimmy, Jimmy, are you suggesting that uh, the Sylvani long sleeve tradition is uh, to hide their embarrassingly small biceps?
1: I think, I think, yeah, I think there's all you you, 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 you know full well about the nature of masculinity in uh, in this day and age, and also <laughs> previous to this, and and what the what the ideal male body is to, is supposed to look like. They don't have it. They're 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 all in the they're like Dow they're all in the quads and, and, and the core and that's good for football, um because he just plants they, they these guys plant their feet and they don't go down, so that's that's great for football it's functional strength it's what you want, um and, and I think
2: face he, it, if I don't know, wear a long sleeve jersey we've got the best one by
1: far. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, um they've already been trying inside, they've been giving, giving him minutes in the inside uh, midfield role at VFL level um, for a couple of games just to see if he had some flexibility that they could throw him in there at AFL level. And They, they seem to be happy enough with it that they brought him back in um, to replace Lamb, and he did that and yeah, he did actually have some minutes in and around the stoppages and also, <laughs> he was pushing right up, he was right into the defensive 50 um, p- picking it up off the ground and getting it clear. So he's whenever there's heavy traffic He's at his best, so I think more and more as they're happy with his his, um, his minutes in terms of um, kilometres covered and that sort of thing in a quarter, they will put him more and more into the midfield from now on. And I think that's how he stays in the side. Without it, he's not going to stay in. You're, you're 100% correct. He's not going to play at either end full-time. He's going he's gonna to be midfielder first, and then he's going to drift around sort of like a um, like a cross between... To, to pluck a couple of Essendon names out, Goddard and uh, Watson... <laughs>
2: No, don't
0: do that to me. Heard Goddard's a Carlton supporter. Anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's not go there. (laughs) One one last question on the uh, the AFL side of things. A lot more pressure on Bolts at the moment. Fair or unfair? Unfair. Just typical media bullshit, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Yep. Oh well, I think that uh that sounds
2: up. I I think he's handled him really well with his chucking in the cliches about Harry. He's fine, he knows what he's doing.
1: He's got no, he's got half on his side now, he's got half in there as well, who'll teach him how to how to had a press conference because he was doing it pretty well the other day.
2: <laughs> There's did a he, good segue.
0: Just on, on that uh, Harry McKay selection. Did Bolt actually give in to public pressure? No. no?
2: He knew okay. what he was doing.
1: The rhetoric might have been along the lines of, he's got to have a breakout game, but that's not what they were looking for. They were looking for incremental improvement to the point where they felt like, well, now you can progress into the AFL side. But yep. we, it's, it's not the 80s, it's not the 90s. We're not looking for kids to just jump up and have these massive, massive matches in the reserves to say, you must pick me. It's yep. We have expectations about where you're at we have expectations about what we want them to, to bring into the senior team in terms of yes. uh, not, not being a key player, but just playing a role. They meet the KPIs to play the role, they get to play the role. And, and the club Absolutely. is confident that their, their pure talent will mean that that, that quickly accelerates.
2: I'm Good. actually happy we're being more professional with the KPIs. This is what we want you to work on. Go away and do it. If you do, you'll get rewarded. I I Uh, want us to be more on that professional level because we haven't been in the past. I think every department is on the same page to me and we have not had this for many years, decades even.
0: Bound by blue.
2: Good times are coming. (laughs) I demand it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and on that note, I think Patrick Kerr will debut this year at some point too and uh, will deserve its spot. Because, um, yeah. because he's yeah, hopefully. But I think he he offers more. He's, he's 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 he is growing. He is developing.
1: Yeah, um, I'm a little worried with his his um his lateral movement and if his work rate will will quite get to that AFL standard. But he's working on the work rate sidestep. He can't really do too much
0: about. It. But yeah. Mm. Um. With that, um, uh, as we were talking about before with the Segway and Daniel Harford, uh, let's move on and talk about the AFLW competition. As we know, Carlton uh, were expected, big things were expected from the Carlton uh, women's team this year, and we finished Stern Motherless last. Um, it all fell apart after the first couple of weeks. Uh, with Bree Davy was injured, and we never won a game after that. However, um, we weren't exactly very exciting and high-scoring in those two games anyway, so mm-hmm. it was sort of more of the same where we, you could see... We, last year we we were lacking runners this year was no different um but more more so than that we really took a backward step as far as skill <laughs> mm. um, we just turned the ball over con- consistently and um we a lot of teams seem to have really um come on mm. in the second season as far as their skill level went and uh, the the seemed to have some sort of a cohesive game plan we didn't
2: what well, uh, do you think it is? We recruited Nicholas Stevens. We got Taylor Harris in. We did bring in some other midfielders like Sophie Lee, who I thought was pretty good. She's a special one of mine because watched her win the first SANFL Women's Premiership here with my Norwood Ladies. Yep. So it seemed like we were trying to address some of the gaps after the first season.
0: Um, yeah, but as you, you know, Nicola Stevens isn't a runner as such. She's more of a... She's not a tall defender. She's probably a third tall defender type, isn't she, really? Um, she's
1: probably the AFLW equivalent of... of, of uh, I was going to say Graham. I always I always confuse him um, just off the top of my head but I met Doherty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and um, so we brought in another defender when we were very defensive last year anyway, and we our defence defense last year was pretty good. Um We've uh, we 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 bought in a, a tall Ford. Um, I don't have an issue with that. I think uh, we did lose um, Jacobson, and who was more of a she was more of a tall uh, like a third tall tall that went that ran up the ground and took a lot of marks around the ground and stuff like yeah. that. We did miss we did miss her, but but based on the way Taylor Harris played, I what I didn't know about Harris is how aggressive she was. Um she she's a runaway train. She just uh she she takes bodies with her and uh she tackles fiercely and uh you know, she really competes for everything in the air. I was I was most impressed with her. She didn't get the most out of herself in terms of goals and, and whatnot, but um she certainly held her own and proved to be a pretty good pickup. But
2: uh um, suspension didn't help either.
0: No. Um you know, but uh, we didn't really. The, the runners we picked up were were, were new players. Um, we did get um, uh, Jess Hosking back. She didn't play last year because of injury, and um, and she came in and she was another runner. But we've got so many of those uh, meat and potato type midfielders who uh, we we put a lot of physical pressure on the opposition last year and and. Worried them out of it quite a lot, and that didn't work for us this year. And we were still trying those same tactics that seemed. Um, whereas the outside game and the run and spread of those other teams, uh, most the, most of the other teams, were far exceeded anything we were capable of. I think in the last game we actually uh, ran and spread a fair bit, and it looked a lot better. But um, yeah, we we we. I don't know where we're going to get those types of players from. It's got to be the
1: draft, really, for the most part. I mean, the other way is um, how we did. It, uh, we were able to barely tread water this year. Is um, we got a couple of those uh, the the code hoppers across in um, Harrington and um...
0: was Gay a code hopper? Yeah, Gay,
1: Gay in Harrington. Yep.
2: Um,
0: yeah. yeah, so I, I
2: think Gay was pretty good actually. Mm.
0: Yeah, they'll come on. I mean, you know, they 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 weren't front runners for us this year or anything like that but those players they're the ones that we're looking for further development from um, and unfortunately, in a two year old competition um, it's not hard for somebody to pick up uh, I, I, it's, it's not that hard to improve because of the standard of the competition's not that high yet mm-hmm. um, so it's not like a code hopper coming into the uh, into the AFL um, and they're going to they're going to take a few years to get it right. You, know, you don't
2: yeah. have a lot of time to gel, though, and given that the season's quite short, you really need to have your structures and your game plans on point.
0: Well, I mean, uh, we've because got if a, you
2: don't, we, it's gone before you blink.
0: We've got a VFLW side. Mm. Um, we've already got code hoppers not, in there, actually. A um, couple of rugby yeah, like, sevens girls, I think. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. So I all the
2: rugby sevens girls.
0: All the non, the uh, the non um, AFLW players have been listed, so we've got a whole heap of there, them there. I don't know. You're allowed to list a certain amount of AFLW players uh, from your from your team, but it's not all of them. So I don't know who's going to go back to. You know, for example, we've got a um, we've got a few players from uh, Dearborn, um, um More than a few, that- yeah. Yeah, so I assume a lot of them are going to want to go back because they have relationships there and stuff like that. So I don't know how many of them we're going to keep. Hopefully, the likes of uh, Taylor Harris will keep because she's a Queensland girl. So she, unless she's going to go home for the year and come just come back from Melbourne for a couple couple of months every year, I don't know. But um, it'll be it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see which ones uh, you know the ten twelve players we can we can hold our VFL side too. To, I'd love to have them all playing for our VFLW side, but that's not gonna that's not possible. But yeah.
1: Conversely, the Dar- I don't imagine Darabin are gonna be as strong um a list as they were in previous seasons. That 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 was just the bloody Harlem Globetrotters of, of women's footy. And um mm-hmm. even last season. They, they they just decimate sides. They they've got stars everywhere. It's there's yeah. not a chance that, that Darabin isn't Darabin's gonna get broken up a bit um this this season, and, it's, and that might be disappointing for fans of, the, of that club, but uh, I think it's going to be better for the comp- competition overall, for sure. Um, and also, with in regards to Taylor, when you're moving AFLW clubs interstate, um, as is the you know as as you would be if you're from an interstate club now, because there's only one in each state. But um, it's it's a straight up a case of she's moved here, she lives here now, so uh, and she's based yes. out of here. I think pretty okay. much. I, be- I believe so. I- I'm happy to be corrected on that, but I, I don't imagine she's ma- she's made the move to-, to come and live down in Melbourne, basically. Um, and well, I'm sure when she's doing boxing, she's able, she's able to move around fairly freely. But um, most ah. of the time, she's, she-, she will be- she played a couple of games for Darabin, actually. I think um, or one of the VFLW clubs last year. Um, so she she's definitely sort of working out of Melbourne now, um, and she she will probably she'll be at a VFLW club next season as well. Okay. Yeah, Can
2: we 11. talk about some of the positive players?
0: Yes, yeah, go for it.
2: Not be negative. Sure. sure. Katie, Katie Loins. Love yep. her. Joint mm-hmm. big,
0: yep. big
2: tick. Yeah. Uh, um Moody had a brilliant season.
0: Mm-hmm. Loins and Loins and Moody were joint uh, best and fairest winners.
2: Yep. It's a big tick to it's not all gloom and doom.
0: No, it's not. And,
2: um, said that losing yeah. was a bummer. Darcy wasn't fuzzy fit, which hampered her. I think
1: yeah. I think that's pretty much true <laughs> of the entire list, though. I think that, that and that's what you guys uh, probably missed before is um, our fitness levels overall were just paled in comparison to the competition. Some of that's recruiting and not not developing the list in in that direction, but mm-hmm. another, another big chunk of it was just they just weren't fit enough. And, and look, I know ACL injuries and um, are a lot higher. Um, in women's football and women's sport generally. Um, And I know that there's a fair few of ours in the midfield that have strapping like that. But um, that being said, just I was really disappointed in in their overall fitness numbers compared to the opposition week to week. Also,
2: don't forget quite a lot have come from Netball, which is notorious for knees. Mm. Says Denise, who has aching knees from 20 years playing Netball. So (laughs) that's... Well, it's part of the body you're bringing in with you if you've come from that sport with a twisting. have said cool. that I don't think keeping had a B plan.
0: Yeah. No, um, we saw no we saw no signs of any shake ups there, did we? <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I'm
2: not too disappointed that he's gone and I'm looking forward to seeing our bring. Yeah. First job sign green baby please.
0: Yeah. Um Oh, just just on players so that you wanted to point out the positives, I just want to give a bit of a shout-out to Daniel Hardiman and Alison Downey, who had good years too. Yep, um, yep. Um, now, back on, uh, Daniel Harford is the, is the new senior coach for the AFLW side. And uh, Jimmy you're not sold on him.
1: No, and I've been already been called out for going hard and going early. Um, I've just <laughs> I look, ar- yeah, I look around at the other AFLW coaches and the and the, and the background and how much familiarity with they have the game, um, and the women's game in particular. And then I look at um Daniel Harford's sum total of seven months' experience in women's football, and while you know obviously it was at the highest level, um, and they obviously felt like he was uh he had that he had the the tactical. They must have felt like he had some sort of tactical um, complexity to him in terms of how he wanted to implement game structures. Um, that That'd really be impressed. nice. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I do wonder how much of that is just is actually just smoke and mirrors, and just um, him, him using um, you know buzzwords and things like that, and to to impress. Because um, Collingwood's football really wasn't any better than ours. They had a few, uh, uh, you know, one or two extra runners, and Chloe Malloy come in and and and, and you know, give them a spark.
2: She was great. Yeah. What a fantastic year. Yeah, That's
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. She was <laughs> far, she was far and away the best junior, and, and she Absolutely. just she got to come in and and just and run riot. Um. So yeah, she. You got to you got to factor that in. So I don't think that Collingwood really grabbing someone from Collingwood was necessarily a great move in terms of tactical development and judging that, you know, them in being impressed in terms of his footy IP doesn't necessarily translate to us improving in comparison to the it's rest of the league. Who else there? I couldn't even tell you. That's why I was sort of, I, I would have been excited to have um, the opportunity for more <laughs> AFLW-related podcasts and, and hearing some of the, uh, the more, because I'm passionate about it, but there are some people Absolutely. on our board, even though it's only a handful, who seem to be really tapped in to what's yeah. happening at the club and, and what the, and the decision-making processes. So I would have liked to have heard a little bit of that to get a better idea of who was on that uh, seek.com.au um, jobs application list. Oh, oh my
2: God. <laughs> I can't <I don't laughs> believe we did that.
1: Oh, it's been done before. We've done it with other positions before.
3: Oh, um,
2: my God.
1: And it's not, it's not unsurprising given that it, it's the AFLW coaching and it's, a, and it's a very nebulous sort of industry at this point. We've not done it with the head coach, but we I believe we've done it with the national recruiting manager all sorts of things like that before where we've actually um as part of it we've we've put the call out to just just for anybody to throw their hat in the ring just to, it go, obviously goes through it doesn't go through to the selection committee necessarily I, I'm sure it goes through a um an external agency which sorted out but it, it's right it went, when it's that lo- those lower level positions and and, the, and those more new new industries and, and new areas I'm happy for them to to be able to throw an
0: online application up. Craig Starsevich, uh the Brisbane Lions mm. coach, um, he uh he had I think he had a year or so as a high performance manager for the women before they uh entered the competition. Mm. So um but he had no other female uh coaching experience. Is it does it matter that much if you've if you've been coaching men's teams? As opposed to female teams, that's where you get your tactical nous from. But you've just got to, you've got to like, any, like it would be like you if you, if you look at, um, at Daniel Harford with um, Baldwin or St Kevin's Old Boys or the teams like that. Their skill level compared to AFL football is obviously going to be way down, right? So you're going to have to build build skill or you know, formulate a game plan according to your strengths. So is isn't that translatable transferable to the aflw side
1: um i believe it is yeah yeah it, it is in terms of skill development and all that sort of stuff but at the end of the day the biggest thing and it, and it covers it's going to have an impact on every aspect of your coaching abilities and philosophy and that's going to be how you communicate to your playing yeah. group and in this case you're talking to women and yeah for anybody who's actually you know existed on the planet for more than a decade they they generally find that they when they talk to women they they have to talk differently and they have to communicate differently and there are different expectations and there are different um nuances in terms of when you say something how they might interpret that so you've got to be able to empathize with them um and uh, he's he's got 10 years of experience as a um as what as a yeah. Bafa coach effectively yeah. um okay.
0: So, I, I, a, yeah. niece, how do you interpret what Jimmy just said?
2: I don't disagree.
0: It... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just wondering if you interpret it differently to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um,
2: for me, I would have liked to have seen Dennis Armfield still be around as that side mentor as a very recent
0: AFL. People were calling He's for for to... de- they were he... calling for Army to be coach. What 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 coaching experience? You know, really, did he have?
2: have had him as an assistant. Um yeah. he he put a lot of time voluntarily into the women's team, and I wouldn't like to stay around as not yep. probably having a head coach because that would have ended up as a disaster, but I think I'd like to still see him around the club. All I can hope is we've lost a couple of positions we've brought a couple new people in we need to strongly go to the recruiting table and Sign up, Bree, please. Give her whatever she wants.
0: Yeah, well that's gonna right. be the next big best big thing because we uh rumors about didn't we did Bree actually say herself? Did we actually have oh. it, or was it just a rumor that she said she was out?
1: It was an exclusive uh, Fox
0: Footy rumor. Oh right, okay. <laughs> there Take were that no out quotes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So um and obviously, straight away supporters turned on pre- <laughs> um when they heard that. So, um... yeah, for anybody's not familiar with the way Fox Footy would typically handle
1: things, when they say Fox Footy understands that this is the case, yeah. um, it's pretty much the same as if you're familiar with the Premier League. It's the same as Sky Sports saying we understand. If you've ever read Sky Sports transfer rumours, um, yep. you'll realise that they're f- garbage.
0: Yeah, and they slot the first one to fall victim to yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So um, I, I don't know whether it was just Brie uh, losing a bit of faith in where where we're headed. The fact that you know she's trying so hard and carrying the team all the time and to want to go somewhere and actually win. Um, I don't know whether she had a, got wind that keeping was on the outer and she's a keeping girl, or yeah. whether she um, wanted to cha- see a change, then would become more professional. So I don't know which way she falls. So. Um, no doubt, uh, Daniel Harfed will uh, will um, contact Bree and um, make that a priority. Yeah. Um, hopefully, because I think we're going to lose a couple of other players if Bree goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think it's going to happen um, without an amenable trade. Um, I think it'd be fine in that sense. Um, and I think what we what we heard in the terms of the Fox Footy Room was probably just it's an emotional time. The whole season was an emotional roller coaster for the, for the playing group and the and the, and the staff, and yep. that was very evident and then we nope. got to the end of the season, keeping's gone. That's huge for them, because they, they all rave about how he is as, in terms of getting group unity. And I, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think the AFL would allow our best players to just be walked out the door by a, um, a mechanism where we might not get decent compensation.
0: Well, wasn't, They've already been uh, fixing trades in this, in this competition. Did, so. Isn't every team supposed to give up 100 points worth of players? Yeah. And one player can only be worth a maximum of 50? You look at that, you're giving up... You, you, potentially, four AFL clubs, AFLW clubs, are giving up two marquee players or the values thereof to two other teams, two new teams. Yeah. Uh, that's four marquee players per new t- new side. Yeah. That's, they, they, they might be creating a bit of a monster there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's how it was
1: coming about. But actually, we got, we got an update um, on that. Oh, via, uh, yeah, yeah. It came in uh, via, I think, a Frio poster. Um, on the board, so I might have that wrong, but um, it was definitely another club, and they came in and said, "No, that's the the system's being um, is still nebulous, it's still in the air, and they're probably going to move away from that that idea because of the exact concerns that you've you've um, laid out there." Um, I'd be stunned if um, if more than I'd be stunned if any marquee player left under that mechanism, if anything yeah. similar to it. I think well, um, the AFL will it... pretty much force an amenable trade in terms of being able
0: to to grow
1: um the
0: existing lists as well. It it would it would it would hurt us more than any other team finishing down the bottom. Oh, yeah. Our players are going to be valued less than a lot of other players this year. So we actually have to give up more to make up a points a point system. So I hope they do change it because it's uh it's just going to keep us down.
1: Yeah, and they're not actually bringing any more interstate AFLW teams in this season, are they? It's Geelong and North Melbourne coming in next year. And then yep. yeah. in 2020, in the you're seeing two two interstate teams. Yeah, so it looks like um so in terms of the uh, the state pools and the way that works, even though the the Victorian pool is probably the strongest pool right now, still we're the ones getting diluted the most um, this upcoming season and off season yep. the current off season, and then again it's going to be another two Victorian clubs coming in in 2020 versus just one in Queensland and one in um, Western Australia, and then you're not even going to see a um an extra new south wales team and an extra um south australian team
0: yeah it's it's probably to our benefit though um the way the draft works because you're you nominate for a state draft um and because there's only one team in south australia and one team in wa um and, and everywhere else um those players uh, tend to, a lot of those players tend to go well unless we know that we're in the best couple of players we're going to nominate for the Victorian draft because we're going to have six goes at it. With mm. six, six, yeah. So uh, we do get there. Are a lot of interstate um, players who are nominating for the Victorian draft. You might not get the number one or two best ones who get some sort of a, a wink and a nod and a promise that they're going to get drafted by those teams in those states. But we are going to get the best of the rest. So um, yeah, it sort of swings and roundabouts a bit. Mm
1: and you saw and you saw what even happened in terms of we were talking about the experience strain that that could occur even still look at what happened to the demons and the dogs in the off season. um the the dogs really got to benefit from our nicholas stevens trade and, and just collingwood throwing around picks everywhere um yeah. and they really got to and they got the player that i wanted us to get with um with our first pick that we traded away and that was uh conti i think um she she dominated in her first season. But um, also across at Melbourne, you saw, I think it was about pick 30, they brought in basically their starting key tall, And on top of that, with the Jacobs to trade, which the AFL forced us to, uh, to make, apparently, to, in order to yeah, balance
2: Yeah, I about that one. Yeah. Didn't they ma- like that one at all. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's a classic. Um, in economics, it's a classic thing, um, a classic concept in the government doesn't pick doesn't know how to pick winners um, in yeah. terms of um, really enforcing strong policy. Um, that that shapes markets, and the AFL got too strong-handed with their with their controlling of the market players, and they made a really bad call. Um, in terms yeah. of allowing us to lose Jacobson, in the circumstances that we did, probably. Um, and that being said, our and they've probably all been fired. Um, the uh, list management team that that pulled the trigger on the Nicholas Stevens trade were not particularly clever with that. Yep. Okay.
2: Having said that. How about how do we feel about the money throwing out Icon part to be the home AFLW?
1: Great. But Do you not
2: think that's a huge tick for our
1: current set setup? Uh yeah. It, look, more money's good in terms of improving facilities. Um, the question is simply have we been received enough money to do what we hope to do in terms of both as uh, improving the training facility at both for the AFLW and the um, and the AFL as well? And just improve it as a, as, as a spectator ground, really, which it, it isn't now. It's run down.
2: Well, we know the lighting issue has been going on for years, mm. so I'm not sure if that's going to be solved.
1: Yeah, the, part of that, it, I think, is actual it's, local it's, residents um, protesting to council.
2: And, and I understand that. So I, I'm not sure that we're going to get...
0: The, local, resi- the local residents that... Uh, yeah, I, I guess... Them, they complain about parking. They complain about everything, but they're the ones that move next to a football ground. So, is there any way of Carlton using that upgrade to their advantage, aside from having upgraded facilities for us to use and for the odd uh, practice match and you know uh, our own AFLW matches? Is there any way we can cash in on that as far as a revenue revenue raiser for us?
2: They have said that they want to open up to more community groups. I don't know if that means hiring out the facilities. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're
1: going to have to see because it sounds like they're going to have a Monash um, sort of set up in there as well, in Monash University having a research post uh, there.
2: That, that's La Trobe, isn't
0: it?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I always confuse those uh, both as universities. But yeah, it, it, La Trobe, regardless, so they're, they're, there's going to be that set up there so they're going to have some space allocated but otherwise it sounds like it's going to be there's a there's a fixed amount of or fixed minimum for the uh, for vfl or sorry aflw um facilities so they're they're guaranteed to get a significant upgrade to what they have access to now in terms of their own individual facilities that being said there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover there in terms of training facilities that both club both um uh, I, both teams can use. I was going to say both clubs, but uh, no, that's not the case. Both teams could use, and I think that's going to that's going to have put us uh, at a strong advantage for the AFLW. It's going to be a, a, yes. a, an incremental improvement for the for the AFL, and it's going to be a boon for the VFLW team. Um, more than definitely. Anything
2: else. And we've got the new training surface with the ground being resurfaced, so maybe. Couple of years time,
1: we can bid for some more money to do a further stage. Yeah, I just hope they don't tear away too much or increase the, the capacity. Yeah, to the history as well. But the, the I'm worried about the ground they're capacity. The they can go. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely need to remodel that. And if they rip out the the wood, the wooden seating aside from the gardener stand, um, then yeah, I think I think they're going to be okay in terms of being able to boost numbers um around the ground, but then. Yep. Removing the Pratt stand is a concern because it's a big chunk of the seating total. So I'd I'd like to see how they turn that around. The initial sketch that they were showing for uh, marketing purposes did not look like it was going to be a boost. It looked like it was going to be a significant um, decrease in seating, which I I don't want to see. I expect a decrease, but I don't expect it to to go down to being a 15,000 stadium. I'd be really disappointed by that.
2: Part of me thinks they're not going to really do that knowing that we've had 20,000 already and 24,000 for the first two opening matches of AFLW. Why would they do that?
0: Uh, Let's hope not. Um, Look, before we go, um, let's just uh, do a quick prediction on uh, Calton's game versus the Western Bulldogs this weekend Um, and uh, as far as who's going to win and what the margin's gonna be.
2: So do we weedering's gonna come in? given that we're doing this podcast before the teams are announced.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a that's a prediction obviously as to if, if you think any changes are gonna be made, who's gonna go in and out, but yeah. Weedering weedering in for uh, O'Shea.
2: Yep. Yeah I'd, I'd like to say that yeah. give him a job, let him get his fun back.
0: Yep, fair enough, I agree with that. <laughs>
2: He's too good. If he's not injured, to be in the group. We're not going to.
0: We're not going to lose much out of that,
2: are we? I, I haven't been, so I'd like to still see Kennedy and Pisa out. They're not fully really fit, given that Phillips ably covered.
1: Yeah, we've got. We're in a situation now where we've got returning players that are going to strengthen us, and we've also got, um, for the Morris part. We're ha- we should be happy with about 20 of the players um, 19, 20 of the players that are in the side right now in terms of what they can deliver so we can be very relaxed about getting these guys back into the team so if they're not f- not 100% fit well not they're never going to be 100% fit but if they're not 95-ish you know it's 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 nothing more than a, a bit of Panadol or a um, the correct strapping between them yeah. and, a, and playing a full game of AFL football I don't really see um, I don't really yeah, if, if they're below that standard then Yeah, don't play them. Let them rest.
2: And also, also on another positive tangent, we're going to see better players coming in for the rest of the year. So Mm. let's let's take that as a positive and try not to be all doom and gloom. We're going to have a lot of tinkering with the team this year as the players all gel together, especially the young fellas. So let's look for more green shoots.
0: Are you going to uh, are you going to kill off my Chicken Little thread? Is that what's happening? No,
2: thanks, <laughs> Dave. I, I, I love a place for the doom and gloomers to go, and people that are present to go. That's why okay. I made the thread, not to blow my own
0: trumpet. Are we going to rack up our first win this weekend? We're a good yes. chance.
1: We're, we're probably the best chance that we've been um, this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. The-
2: I'm going to say yes and then keep it going because I'm heading to Adelaide Oval next week.
0: Oh, well, that'll be uh, interesting <laughs> trying to yes. uh, trying to get out a win there, but it would be nice. Um, okay. Well, I think I think all around we're all expecting that we have a good chance of having a win this week, especially if we play as we did last week. Um, and uh, Bulldogs aren't in uh, great form. They're sort of um, – They're struggling. They're a young side as well. Um, It's been pointed out to me that we'll probably be older than them on average um, this week. So uh, let's hope that we can uh, drag one out and uh, get people smiling for at least a week. Get off the bottom of the ladder, maybe.
2: (laughs) Both sides have had a six-day turnaround. They've come from the Optus Stadium in Western Australia. We're hearing that it's quite a hard ground. And we've come from NCG, so I'm hoping that we're going to run it out better. And I want to see working together as a team, which we saw against West Coast. I want to see some tackling and some cleaning up of the skills.
1: Mm. And what we what we learnt so far this season, given it's a, it is a, we're in a transitional period for the AFL in terms of who we're, who are the best teams. Um yes. and there's there's a lot of room for. For upsets in that in that uh, in that space, and so confidence starts to become one of the biggest factors. And uh, assuming you don't go nuts on on um, selections and uh, and tactics, um, confidence seems to be the biggest factor in terms of how, who who's going to win on a given day uh, between most of the sides in the competition. And I think as long as we're we're out of the blocks early, and telling and reminding the the, the dogs that they are not a great team and not a great not a great twenty two at the moment. Um, we should be able to, to get over the top of them, pretty uh, not convincingly, but pretty. It should be a pretty straightforward game if we if we get out of the blocks early. But yeah, this is Carlton we're talking about. There's there's scars upon there's there's scars that have their own scars in terms of uh, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the mental and emotional damage that they've done both to the, within the club and uh, and to the supporter base. So it'll be a pretty harsh environment if we don't start well.
0: Nothing nothing is unexpected. All right. Mm. Um, Okay, on on that note, um, we'll, we'll we'll sign off and say, Carn uh, uh, the Mighty Blues and all that. But I'm just wondering, uh, Niece, did you want to sing us out? Oh,
2: feel free to join in if you want. We, we are the, the Navy Blues. Navy. We are the old, dark Navy Blues. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey. Never let you down. Hey. You it's tea. been a pleasure, Niece. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> See you, Helen.
0: Oh, See ya. See ya. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs>
3: know that been
0: against the famous
3: old dark blue.